0: So today I'll be reading from Isaiah forty thirty one. But those who but those who hop in the Lord, hope in the Lord will, will renew their strength with they will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint. Here's Anna. Thanks, Acacia. That was beautiful. I am talking today about running the race together. Rick Hoyt was born with cerebral, cerebral palsy. Palsy. <laughs> but his parents were not going to let that stop him from living his life to the fullest. Then rolled him in a public school. And as the video said, Rick communicated to his dad when he was 15 that he wanted to go in a race. So they started with a five-mile benefit race, which turned into marathons and triathlons, trekking more than 3,770 miles across America. I haven't converted that to kilometres. 5,000 kilometres. They're called Team Hoyt. And it refers to the father and the son. And they live, they're from America. Anyway, Rick said, Dad, when I'm running, it feels like I'm not disabled. They completed 32 Boston marathons together. Dick had to retire, that's the dad. He had to retire in 2014 because of ill health. And when he couldn't do it anymore, someone else took over, a friend of the family, and he started pushing Rick until he was 50. This is the friend who helped him. His dad, Dick, actually died this year, quietly in his sleep, at his home on March 17th. He had an ongoing heart condition that he'd been struggling with for years and it had gotten the better of of him. Rick Hoyt, he's still alive today and he's still doing those marathons. How amazing. The father and son ran their race together. At the end of the video it said, Dick is the body, Rick is the heart and together they run. Together has power, don't run alone. Rick didn't allow his disability to dictate his life. In fact, if he didn't have this disability, he probably wouldn't have done what he did. He didn't allow it to be who he was. We are all running a race called life. We are the body, and Jesus is the heart. The book of Philippians is an incredible book about God's grace in any situation. Paul is in prison and he's writing to the Philippians. His letter is full of thankfulness and joy. He thanks the Philippians for their generous gift to cover his living expenses while he awaits trial. Focusing on Jesus instead of his painful, desperate situation... Paul's enthusiasm and commitment encourage the believers to share Christ with others and to find joy in every situation. In chapter 1, Paul overflows with thankfulness for close friends and their kindness. In chapter 2, he encourages the believers to take on Christ's attitude of humility and self-sacrifice, becoming God's shining light in a dark world. In chapter 3, he urges them to press on to a life in a lifetime pursuit of an intimate relationship with Jesus. And in chapter 4, he ends with more words of encouragement, reminding his readers that they can disarm stress and find contentment by focusing on God's peace in all things. If we fill our hearts with Jesus, and a desire for his attitudes of thankfulness, humility and contentment, nothing will be able to wipe our joy. Life has thrown us some curveballs. 2020 was a year like no other. COVID had struck the world and it brought with it fear, death, despair. Some people think of it as a conspiracy. Some believe it's the end times. Some believe it's a zombie, a copper lips. And some believe it's wonderful. I, for one, loved it. And I've shared this before. I loved that we were able to watch church from home. To eat our breakfast in our track pants or pyjamas even be able to watch it whenever we wanted to. We didn't even have to watch it at 10am if we didn't want to, but we didn't even have to watch it at all if we have something else to do. It actually became a really dangerous place for me. I started to want this more than church. I was tired, and to be honest, I was bored with church. So for me, this was perfect timing. I had a chance to rest and be refreshed, I had an excuse not to go to things and even though I still had to go to work, I didn't have to do anything else. For someone like Ash, this killed him but for me it was heaven. I actually cringed when we started to go back to church because I wasn't ready. My love for church was gone. I didn't really even care that I wasn't seeing my church family. After all, I'm an introvert and that was my excuse for everything. So this year I started going through the motions, fulfilling my role in pastoral care and hosting. I would take great delight in telling people on a Sunday morning that I couldn't hug them because of COVID. This morning I was the COVID marshal and I actually hugged everybody. (laughs) I think I'll get the sack. I hid behind it and I used it as my excuse for growing cold in my Christian walk. A couple of months ago, God started stirring something within me and a few of my friends had visiting speakers at their church. So I said to Ash, why don't we ever have any guest speakers at our church? So we started reminiscing about the good old days when we used to have revival meetings and we would go to every meeting because we wanted to, not because we had to. It was expected, but we wanted to. We actually wanted to be a part of it. It then stirred something in Ashley about revival and living our lives for Christ. He began to question church and what people expect from church. Do we expect to hear from God and encounter the supernatural? Or do we expect nothing? Do we expect three songs, preaching, then hang out in the cafe? We were becoming something that was not fulfilling or glorifying God, I believe, We were actually becoming a social club. So Ash started to press into into God to find out his heart for our church and what God wanted. And God began to speak. Ash started listening to a song called Rattle. We sang it last week, we sang it this week. The spirit of God is on this song. And the words began to resonate with Ashley for our church. A lot of our people had become dry We'd become dead inside, not having the breath of God moving in us. So if you were at church last week, you would have encountered the first of many mornings where God will be speaking and doing something wonderful. And the word to come out of that is prophesy to your dry bones and hear the word of the Lord. So this month we're having a revival month and we are expecting amazing things. We are expecting healings. We're expecting salvations. We're expecting things to be broken in people's lives. We need revival to start with each one of us. It starts in your heart and it starts with you, just one person. We need to be praying for God to breathe into, the, into us the breath of life so that we can live in his victory An abundant life. We need to be praying for God's joy to fill us in all circumstances, just like Paul did in prison. Now I know that it's easy to do, but sometimes... Sorry, easy to say, but sometimes hard to do. We're having revival nights during the month of May and we will be be believing for God to show up, for his Holy Spirit to overwhelm us and to do something wonderful. We're believing for healing physically, mentally and spiritually. We are believing for our dry bones to be filled with the breath of God so that we can be the influence and the light that God has called us to be. Not just for May, but we believe that this is the start of something amazing for our church and in our community. But what if you're coming to these services and believing for healing And God doesn't heal you. What if you go away feeling the same as you came? This is something that we will never understand. But I firmly believe that whatever happens, God is in control. He has your life right in the centre of his hand. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Now because you're my family, we share others' joys and sorrows. So I need to give you an update on what's going on with my dad. So as you know, as some of you know, he's, had, he's got cancer and possibly only has a month to live. He's had this disease for two years and nothing has worked. He's had chemo and immunotherapy. These made him very unwell, so he stopped doing it. It didn't do anything to the cancer, it just made him sicker. The cancer's growing and it will take his life very shortly. Even though my dad knows that in the natural he doesn't have long, he's still hanging on for a miracle. He even says that the last two years have been his best ever. He's had so many opportunities to speak into people's lives about the Lord. It's actually been incredible. He's touched us. He has seen people get healed. He has seen people get saved. And he's had the most amazing influence over the people that he meets. The favour of God is upon him. But he hasn't had the healing that he so desperately craves. My dad is a fighter. He has many days when he's confined to bed and he sleeps. But as soon as he has energy, he's up. He's got a bike in his lounge. He puts on his lycra. He puts the Tour de France on the telly and he rides. He rides for six hours a day sometimes. He nearly falls off by the end, and we do tell him off. But he one day will either walk into heaven or he'll ride into heaven. But his trust and his faith is in God, that God is in control. He will praise the Lord till his last breath. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Jesus said, ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Do not give up on your healing, Do not give up on your praying for your family who are not saved. Together as a church and a family, we will see people healed. We will see people saved and we will see addictions broken. We will see mental health restored if we trust the Lord and we run this race together. I want to tell you one more story in the Bible. Tonya reminded me of this the other day. In Daniel 3, King Nebuchadnezzar made a statue of himself made of gold, 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. It was massive. He wanted everyone to bow down to him. So he would have people playing instruments, horns, flutes, harps, didgeridoos, ukuleles, all kinds of music. And when the music would play, everyone had to bow down to him. But there were three Jews called Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who worshipped the Lord and would not bow down to the idol. So King Nebuchadnezzar was furious when he heard this. So he called them to him and told them that if they did not bow down to him, he would throw them in a blazing furnace. He said to them, if you are thrown into the fire, what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? But Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had complete faith in God. They said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not... We want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So Nebuchadnezzar was furious and threw them into the fire, bound up, and made the fire seven times hotter than it was usually. As he was watching, expecting them to be burnt to smithereens, there were four of them in the fire. And the fourth one looked like a son of God. It was Jesus. He called them out of the fire and was amazed that they didn't even smell like smoke. Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angels and rescued them. He then promoted them and said that anyone who spoke against their God would be cut into pieces and their houses would be turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save this way. That's pretty full on. But what I want to show you is that these three men had total trust in God and said, even if, even if God didn't deliver them, they would not bow to a false God. The God of these three men is the same God that we serve today. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We need to run our race knowing that He is in control. We need to have an even if attitude, like the three Jews in the fire. We need to have an even if attitude, like my dad. It's time. It's time to get out of our pyjamas it's time to put on our running shoes and run the race that God has called us to run in together. As Dick and Rick Hoyt ran together to do something amazing, we need to run our race as a family, knowing that God has brought us to a place whereby we can pray for each other. We can be there for each other. We can hold up each other's arms when we need to. But we also need to run in the knowledge that God fills us with his breath. And as Paul said in Philippians, that we should rejoice always, no matter what the circumstance. God is for us and he will fill us with his joy that can only come from him. It's a joy that is so deep we don't even understand it. But that joy is available for us through the Holy Spirit. It's time to get excited about what God is about to do in our church and our people. And I pray that God will stir something in this congregation to worship him and live for him like we never have before. Isaiah 40 40 verse 31 says, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So let's be the body. Let Jesus be the heart. And let's run this race together. Thank you. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for my beautiful family here. I thank you that you are such a good God and you know every situation, Lord. Father, I thank you that you are a God of miracles and we pray for those miracles. Father, I pray for faith to believe, to trust you, dear God. Help us to put our total trust in you and to run the race together, knowing that you are in control no matter what happens. Lord, I just pray for the people here today, people that need healing, physically, spiritually, mentally, dear God. I pray that chains would be broken, Lord, that lives would be changed and that your name would be glorified. So I thank you now in your precious name. Amen.